Welcome to Pirate Living Podcast. We are your hosts, Kristen and Karan. On this podcast, we are highlighting ordinary people living extraordinary lives. These are pirates who take small, bold actions daily to create social change. Pirate life is all about rebelling and breaking the rules for good. Creating lasting social change starts by first breaking our inner rules. After all, the hardest rules to break are your own. The pirates we highlight have dedicated themselves to creating good trouble. Today on our podcast, we are thrilled to be chatting with Ashling Mahan. Ashling is the owner of Ashling Mahan Studio, a spa-like tattoo studio located in the heart of Kildare Island. Ashling has been tattooing for eight years, dedicating herself to creating tattoos that are both visually pleasing, which they are, and I now have to have one, but that also restore the client's uh, sense of self. So in 2018, she became one of the first tattoo artists in Ireland, fully certified in areola restorative tattooing and mastectomy tattooing. So in 2020, Aisling also opened Ireland's first mastectomy tattoo clinic in her studio. Um, This career path has led her to linking up with Ireland's top surgeons to create the best standard for those post mastectomy. So, Ashley, welcome. We are really excited to have you here today. Thanks for having me. Um, So tattoos are something that I personally have lots of experience with. Um, And at 18 years old was one of my first acts of rebellion. So we would love to tell you, uh, we would love for you to tell us um, all about your rebellious pirate journey. Okay, so it probably started with tattooing. Yeah, I was always drawn on myself as a little act of rebellion, of course, at the back of a school room, uh, distracting myself and other people. (laughs) (laughs) I found it was a nice way to escape what I found to be mundane. Mm -hmm. It was a way to decorate my body and express myself and any emotions I was feeling at the time going through all the teenage fun. And yeah, it started that way, I suppose, yeah. And so what, how did that lead to uh, the career of what you're doing now? It's been an almost 10 year journey. Mm-hmm. I started tattooing professionally in 2012. I opened my own studio straight away. I had a very clear vision of what I wanted to create and I wasn't seeing it anywhere else. I seen intimidating studios that weren't welcoming to clients you'd be scared even entering in the door. And when you were there, you felt like you were kind of intruding. So I wanted a new approach to the tattoo industry and studio. It's definitely like a spa. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I welcome all my clients and studio artists, make sure they feel safe and supported. That's huge for me. Growing up in a male orientated industry, it can be quite daunting. So I have created a new kind of way of studio in Ireland. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I know for most of my tattoos have been from a female owned and operated tattoo studio. And um, it does make a difference to have a place that's welcoming and, and relaxing. The last thing you want to be is um, stressed out when you're going to get a tattoo, which is already something that, you know, there's pain coming. <laughs> you're already going to be a little anxious, right? Going in. So anything you can do to help relax. Um um, and so just tell us about uh, a little bit about your journey into like 
why you chose going to like the mastectomy um, tattoo work that you've done? Cool. So I started scar cover-ups, specifically self-harm scars. I began a project just to give back to my community. I did one free scar cover-up every month. Mm. These were self-harm scars. So I quickly became known for my scar cover-ups. A lady came into me then with a mastectomy scar and said she had traveled around Ireland, meeting in different studios. She never felt comfortable in the studios. She felt very exposed um, and on show or they didn't have her vision. Mm -hmm. And she walked into my studio and we had a consultation and she just said, this is it. I feel safe. I feel supported and I feel listened to. And they're the three things you want when you're getting a tattoo, especially over a traumatic experience. You want the person across from you as passionate about the outcome as you are. Mm -hmm. So she was my first mastectomy tattoo and it definitely changed my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I knew I fell in love with it straight away. You know, like that light bulb moment. I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. <laughs> my heart nearly sang. I was just like, OK, I need to get really good at this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So I did my research. I found the best Areola restorative tattoo artist in the world. She was, um, she has a team of artists across the globe that do this. So I applied to be trained under her and mentored. Thankfully, I, I got accepted. And I flew over to Canada and trained there in 2018. Hmm. Whereabouts in Canada is that? Just curious. <laughs> Calgary. Calgary. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was cool. It was really nice. And yeah, ever since then, I haven't looked back and it's slowly taken over my career and life <laughs> in the best way possible. And I, I've looked through your Instagram and seen your work and it looks like you would, I wouldn't know just looking at the image that it's a tattoo. So it's really amazing work too. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And it keeps getting reported by Instagram because they think, <laughs> they think it's a real nipple. So I'm mm -hmm. like, job done. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, yeah. That's the seal of approval. There. <laughs> Being blacklisted by Instagram means it's worked. <laughs> That's how I like to look at it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so have you um always been like rebelling wanting to break the rules <laughs> yeah yeah I I've been questioning everything around me mm. in society in my mind in my upbringing in my art since I was a kid I I don't know where it came from but it's just been in me um I went against like medicine even <laughs> you know growing up I just suddenly decided I don't need that injection <laughs> you know things like that um I don't need antibiotics my body I will fuel my body in the right way and build my immune system and let it do what it does so I've been questioning things from all aspects since a young age much to my parents dismay <laughs> <laughs> they get it now though <laughs> <laughs> What I oh, so now I'm curious. What what have you done for healing your immune system? I had asthma when I was going through teenage years um, on an inhaler, and I just decided one day I don't have this anymore, mm. and I just stopped. And that was that. Like I just supported it through acupuncture and herbal remedies, 
homeopathic remedies Mm -hmm. and I never look back Mm -hmm. so what like we we talk a lot about social rebellion what do you think is the social rebellion um that you're creating with the work or that you've done with your your work or that you're looking to create I think I'm creating a new approach to tattooing and working with the body treating it as a collaboration very much that it is 50 50 from me and the client and their body and the shape of their body because often you'll find tattoo artists they draw on paper and then they'll stick it on your body so i want to nearly i want to reveal the design that's already there rather than stick something on and have it look kind of fake i want organic shapes with the body that help women express themselves yeah, I remember the first time a tattoo artist when, uh, was working on me and she's like, we're just going to change this so that it flows in line with the, the muscle that's already there in your arm. Yeah, Beautiful. rather than just slapping on a, a stencil exactly. and like, yeah. well, I hope it works. <laughs> right? <laughs> so so I, I remember that and thinking like, wow, that, that, that's, that's pretty cool to like use that the natural contours of the body rather than because we're yeah. as a canvas, we're not just a flat piece of canvas or paper you know there is exactly there's so many dips (laughs) yeah Yeah, and you have to take that into consideration to create a visually aesthetically pleasing piece Mm -hmm. um so looking through your work which is which is just beautiful and i love it is it do you do mostly like fine line black work is that yeah that's definitely my area of passion Mm -hmm. yeah i love it and is there like a subject matter that that you you like to do more than than others? Yeah, like- I I I prefer to work with botanicals, organic kind of or animals, anything nature based really that will move nicely with the body. Mm-hmm. I find they're the most interesting pieces, and I'm also enjoying doing like statues mixed in mm-hmm. with that. So you've got this hard structure that's quite striking mixed with the soft botanicals i think it can be quite nice on the body mm-hmm. uh going back to the mastectomy work and then also we were talking beforehand you currently are um going through level one and been lifted so how are you using um, the work that you're doing along with that language piece to help women with their stories this was the reason I did it. Mm. I signed up because I wanted to be able to speak to my clients after they've gone through something so traumatic. I wanted to be able to hold them in that space and guide them through their feelings. Mm. Because before in Lifted, I would sit there and not know what to do. Mm. I'm here to tattoo, that's it. I'll just I'll keep my <laughs> head down and yeah, here's a pretty nipple. But I knew I I could offer more and be more for these ladies because they were opening up and they were releasing during the tattoo process and after. Some women will tell me, I haven't looked at myself in the mirror in five years. And today, I just have to look at myself. And then I take them through that process and they can see a nipple again. And they're just like, wow. Okay, it's nearly like, okay, let's put that behind us. 
Mm-hmm. So I signed up to Enlifted to be able to support that emotional journey and to talk them through whatever they're feeling, the traumatic events that they've gone through so we can do story work as well as working on the physical body. What are some of the biggest shifts you've seen be working with the story work while doing the tattooing? For me, it's just, it's like in that moment, they're just like, oh, oh my God, that's it. Like mm. it's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they can they, they hold the story open their chest and then when they see the nipple and they've done the story work it's just it's a different woman leaving they're like on cloud nine and it's, I get nice messages afterwards as well which is really inspiring yeah that's really um if I ever need that work I'm coming to Ireland for you <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> I mean, a tattoo in itself, you know, just for, I would would say just, but for decorative reasons, that in itself is so physically transformative, right? Like these are permanent, usually, Um, you know, like you said, decoration or adornment that we we put on our bodies. And I know for me, I often find um, the more tumultuous my life is, the more tattoos I'm getting in that period. Um, yeah. Do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on just the emotional impacts, even just on a, on a, like an, a, uh, a decorative tattoo um, has on people? Like what, what is, how, what is this power that a tattoo has? Where does that come from? I think it's a form of expression. Mm-hmm. So it's nearly a release of these emotions and getting the physical aspect of a tattoo because it does hurt mm-hmm. sometimes it's a nice pain but it is a physical journey that you're going through and you can focus on that and then at the end you get this amazing design that you're drawn to and it's mm-hmm. an adrenaline buzz and it's changed your perspective for me I've had certain tattoos in my head since I was 16 mm-hmm. and then like one for example is my neck and I waited 10 years before I got it because it's your neck mm-hmm. and I wanted to be sure that I want this but the design and the idea didn't change for 10 years so I knew okay this is I'm not going to get sick of this idea or change my mind so I mm-hmm. went and I got it and I've never felt more like myself than that day that I had the piece on that I had in my mind for this long and I knew was part of me mm-hmm. so sometimes it's reclaiming a part of yourself through this art what was the well we'll go with how old were you when you got your first tattoo and what what was your first tattoo I actually waited until I was 18 (laughs) (laughs) which is which is rare but my parents said okay you can get one tattoo but it has to be this size (laughs) and I was like okay so I had to measure that okay that's one inch so I went in and I, I got a tiny little 13 because my lucky number is 13. Mm. And it took 15 minutes and it was just like <laughs> the most adrenaline filled 15 minutes of my life. It was, it was great. But then the addiction kicks in. <laughs> and the next one was this thing. <laughs> and it just kept getting bigger and bigger. But my parents didn't know about them for a while. 
That sounds like a very uh, familiar story. Every time I like see my dad, he's like, is that new? I'm like, no, dad, it's always been there. I'm like, well, you bitched at me last time. He's like, I'm pretty sure that wasn't there last time. I'm like, no, it totally was. <laughs> I get the same, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're just misremembering, dad. <laughs> yeah, I'd come home and I'd be like, oh, look, I got a new tattoo. And my dad would be like, oh, cool. And my mom would be like, no, I don't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> she likes the temporary ones though <laughs> I was gonna say if your parents did they ever venture in to get tattoos my dad did yeah mm. they were both did you do it to- yeah <laughs> <laughs> I w- they were both very much against tattooing but then when they seen what I was doing and how soft my approach was they were like okay it's not what we think it is anymore mm-hmm. it's changing um, and my dad seen a picture that I drew during my apprenticeship of Predator. So he got Predator tattooed on his back, <laughs> which was amazing. I love, I love showing that off. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. How big is it? It's quite big. It takes uh-huh. up the top half. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm thinking of Predator. I'm like, I imagine that's a bigger tattoo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, And it's so out of the blue because my dad is super quiet and uh, very religious. So I thought it would be a religious <laughs> yeah. tattoo. But he said, no, I want the drawing you did during the apprenticeship. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. It's funny. We I have the opposite story. My dad hate, says he says he hates tattoos. Mm-hmm. still trying to change his mind um my mom and I have a couple of matching tattoos now oh, so she's nice. it's um I surprised her with one for her um it was for Christmas one year I surprised oh. her and I with with matching tattoos and she was thrilled and I remember she got hers like on her forearm and um the thing that was cool about it was she because it was somewhere visible she was like, I feel like such a badass. I'm like, you are such a badass. And like, you know, well, she was like, whatever, 64 or five or whatever, right? To be in that, like, be at that age and finally getting your first, like, vis- she had other tattoos that were like small and like hidden ones, but to get your first like visible tattoo that everybody could see and just to see that, how that, that impacted her like confidence and like how that made her feel about herself. I can imagine that is such a small kind of drop versus what your like mastectomy clients are, are going through um, yeah. to either have the aerial restoration work or one of your beautiful like floral designs um, to do the scar cover up. Um, that must be so impactful. Exactly. Because the attention isn't on the scar anymore. Mm-hmm. It's on this beautiful piece of art, whether that's a nipple or the decorative pieces. I often say it to them at the start. I'm like, okay, so I'll draw it on and I'll, you know, show them what it's like. And I'm like, they'll say, oh, but I hate this bit over here. And I'm like, okay, but trust me, the minute you have this on, you're not going to look over there. You're going to be like, ooh, look at this detail or this flower or those little glands on the nipple or whatever. And then by the end of it, they're just like, oh my God, you were right. (laughs) I don't even see that anymore. Like, I'm just looking at the beauty, which is such... Even that alone is such a transformation for their mindset. Yeah. And what got you started in doing the free um, uh, scar uh, cover-ups that you were doing before you got started with the mastectomy scars? It was just something I wanted to give back to the community. There wasn't anything in particular that happened. I just, I noticed a lot of clients coming in with them. Mm -hmm. 
anyway. And I felt like, okay, this this feels like it's a big thing in the town mm-hmm. um, and it's not being spoken about. So I felt like that was my way of approaching the subject and showing people that you can come in for a tattoo and you don't need to feel ashamed about whatever scars you have on your arms or wherever. I don't need to know about it. You don't have to talk about it because some of them think you have to come in and tell them, have a therapy session and mm-hmm. tell me everything. You, like, I'll, I'm so discreet. Like, I'll see, see you might have it on the wrist and I'll be like, okay, cool. I'm skilled enough to not need to talk to you about it. The scar mm-hmm. tells me enough. I know how old it is. So I can work over that without going back through it again. And we can leave it just behind us and move forward in that day. Mm-hmm. How do you know, like, so when somebody comes in with a scar, the self, self-harm ones um, in particular, like how, how does that transformation of them with their body, like what, what have you noticed with clients um, coming in, having something they're ashamed of and then being able to leave with something that they're proud of? Yeah, it's, it's huge. And it's in the way they walk. It's in how they're talking or it's just a gleam in their eye. I would find there's a lot of shame that they would feel sometimes from other people looking and making comments that they've held inside themselves then from then on. Um, And they nearly kind of, you know, hold that towards themselves. So seeing something beautiful that that completely distracts from what was there before, they feel like, okay, that's gone now. I can move on, which Mm -hmm. is empowering. Mm -hmm. And now going to the, the mastectomy clients, like I, I come from a very conservative background where I was like, hide, hide my body, be modest. Um, and I ima- imagine like once those scars are on your body too, there's even more shame in the hiding. However, now they they leave your office with this beautiful artwork. So are they walking out like ready to show off their body to the world? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they'll come in and say, okay, I haven't looked at myself in years or I don't want to mm-hmm. look at myself um, or my partner doesn't want to look at me. So sometimes the partners can be involved and it's an exciting time. Mm-hmm. And then they're reclaiming their sexuality and their body at the same time. And then when they leave, they're just like, (laughs) some women have left and they're just like, I don't even need to wear a bra. (laughs) I feel great. Like I'm, I'm just going to let everything go. Like, they're like, I just want to show everyone. (laughs) So they, I take pictures for them and then they can send their friends. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And, and yeah, going from like wanting to hide to feeling that empowerment of like, hey, I want to show my body to the world now that that's a huge shift. It is massive. And I had a lady say to me the other day, you've just erased the last 10 years. Mm. Wow. Mm. That's incredible. With a tattoo. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you've taken some bold actions um, with, you know, traveling to Calgary, uh, to work with, you know, what you, when you found someone that was the best at what they did, what is it about, um, wanting to work with the best that drew you in? I want to be the best in whatever I do. So I'll find the best and learn as much as I can from them and then move forward. Mm -hmm. I have always had that passion or stubbornness I don't know what you want to call it (laughs) 
strive to be the best at whatever I'm doing. So whether that's art or making my dinner or <laughs> baking a cake or making some jewelry or designing merch for the studio or being a studio owner with a team in all aspects, I will be the best that I can be. Mm-hmm. And tell me a little bit about your, your pirate crew that you've got working for you or, or with you. Are they also doing the same kind of work or is everybody have their own style and their own, um, what, you know, what drives them? Yeah. Everyone definitely has their own style, mm-hmm. their own pursuits, different aspects of tattooing that they're going to be discovering. Um, I have two apprentices that I'm training as well, and they love the fine line kind of micro realism work. Mm-hmm. And we have a girl that does microblading and color tattoos as well. And then another artist that is venturing into surrealism. So it's very mm-hmm. exciting. And they're an incredible team. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Is, it a, is it an all female team? For now. Yeah. 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 But it's a female run studio always, but we will be getting um, a male artist very soon. I've yet to um, put any tattoos on my skin or get that <laughs> adrenaline rush. So <laughs> I can only imagine when that day comes, like how much I'll be like, all right, I need another one. <laughs> Absolutely. And even people that say, I don't believe it, there's no way, like I just want one. And then by the end of the session, and when they realize that they can do it, and they were like, oh, that's not as painful as I thought, then they're like, okay, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like we need a uh, pirate trip to Ireland oh, for yeah. some matching mm-hmm. pirate tattoos. <laughs> that would be amazing. Create yeah. good trouble tattoos. Create good trouble tattoos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was saying to Mark when I signed up, I have breathe tattooed on my hand. Mm-hmm. And I it was always to remind myself to breathe while I'm working. And then when he did his pitch for me, <laughs> and it was all about breathe. And I was like, oh, my God, everything's just come full circle. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. All coming in alignment. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. <laughs> what is like, so what's next for you? Or where, what's your kind of future uh, goal for, for you or your studio? My next step is to move 80 to 90% of my client base to restorative tattooing. Mm. I will be collaborating with Ireland's best surgeons and just bringing that kind of world in Ireland to a whole different level. This stuff isn't, it isn't available from any other artist. I'm the only one that is doing this work and certified mm-hmm. in Ireland. So I definitely feel that responsibility that my clients deserve the best. So I want to approach the surgeons and make sure that we're both on the same page and just to see them work as well it's exciting all aspects Mm -hmm. and with the studio yeah just to keep growing an incredibly amazing team filled with support creativity and a really good work ethic and drive Mm. um So you're working directly with surgeons on that. And how, so I come from America where the healthcare, like we have to go through insurance and everything gets paid. So I don't know anything about Ireland's healthcare, but is that something like 
Um, is it, yeah. How's that healthcare work? And then how does the tattooing, is that something that gets covered, um, along with the surgery? So at the minute, the tattooing isn't covered, mm. but the surgery is, mm. yeah, it's covered with their insurance so they can go privately or publicly with the surgeons. And then them surgeons are referring the clients then to me. Mm. Okay. But in the future, I'll definitely be linking up in their clinics, maybe doing like a day a month in their clinics so that it's more widely available for their clients. Mm -hmm. How amazing. Do you guys have, you guys have uh, universal healthcare? Like, so that again, sorry. You guys have universal healthcare in Ireland, like, like Canada and, and the UK do? Like, I think so. Yeah. Like free healthcare, like you don't have to pay for private insurance. You can pay for private insurance but there is options for public as yeah. well yeah okay. i'm pretty sure yeah so how amazing would it be to get your work even covered by insurance? oh it's in the works yeah, is it? <laughs> it's just going to take some time but yes. yeah <laughs> i would love that yeah mm -hmm. and i have surgeons on my side trying to push for that too so that's nice mm -hmm. that would be yeah. awesome that'd be amazing yeah. that's part yeah, of the works. whole process is the like restorative work yeah, because right now, actually, nurses are offering the service in hospitals free, but they've only done a day session of training, you know, so and now they've learned that I'm offering the service. So they're like, OK, you take over. <laughs> so it'd be great if I could go into the hospitals themselves and do mm -hmm. some days there. That'd be nice. So nurses were doing the tattoos themselves? Like At the minute, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, wow. it's, you know, it's because they didn't know there were any other options. Mm -hmm. um yeah unfortunately they don't work out so well as you mm -hmm. can imagine yeah Some of the, yeah they don't know how to tattoo never mind tattoo radiated and unhealthy tissue that's been through so much mm -hmm. so yeah I do a lot of fix-ups with that work mm, I bet yeah interesting I would, would never have thought that nurses would I mean tr have a hand have a go at it <laughs> yeah but at least now they know the options there for a really high standard tattoo yeah so they're happy to go okay <laughs> you take over <laughs> mm -hmm. now how how many hospitals are there in ireland where um they have this special day service do you travel often or do people mostly come to you people mostly come to me mm -hmm. yeah at the minute i was about to start that journey of traveling to clinics and then covid hit so mm. yeah, definitely next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you get people from out of Ireland as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have some clients from the UK come over. A few have reached out from America as well, but I will be doing guest spots in America mm. next year probably. Mm. And I can fit them in then. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, where about in uh, America? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, where are you coming? <laughs> I want days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, a fellow team member is opening a studio in LA this year, mm -hmm. so I'll go next year, hopefully, to do a guest spot. Nice. Cool. Yeah. So then you can just keep coming north, right? <laughs> Oregon, and then you can hit oh, Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was meant to come to British Columbia in May last year for the, a guest spot, but that'll be rescheduled as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, that'll be nice. 
then I'm definitely getting a tattoo from you. I'd love that. If it's 80% restorative, you got to keep me in that 20% just decorative. For sure. For sure. And so um, where can our listeners go to find out more about you and your work and see your beautiful work that you've done? They can find me on my website, ashlingmahantattoo.com or Instagram at ashlingmahantattoo. You'll find all my work there, the restorative stuff and the decorative stuff and anything about my studio as well. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. well, and then how would you recommend, or yeah, how would you recommend our listeners starting their own pirate life with taking those small bold actions or going against the status quo and starting on their own journey? Find your passion and trust your gut and just go for it and go a hundred percent, get really good at what you love and the rest will fall in place. Yeah, that's great advice. It is. <laughs> Thank you. And final, most important question. Do you have any pirate jokes for us? <laughs> Would you believe I don't actually remember what I sent in? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys have it there? We do yeah. have it here. So I'll start you off and then you'll probably have the right answer. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you remember. So how do pirates know they exist? Oh, yeah. because they think therefore they are <laughs> brilliant that was awful <laughs> they always are it's fine <laughs> complete you know binary language um acknowledged always exactly. terrible <laughs> and it's especially fun trying to get in the r sound the r <laughs> <laughs> oh i love that <laughs> It's more like a little growl most times. <laughs> yeah, I'm like a little dog. <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. It's been really wonderful talking to you. Um, excited to meet you because it will happen. And uh, look forward to seeing more of your work on, uh, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. oh, thank you for having me. It's always so nice to talk to fellow pirates. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Pirate Living Podcast. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast. And follow us on Instagram at Pirate Living Podcast to keep up on the latest community news and find out about our coaching programs. To learn more about the Enlifted program that we mentioned on this episode, visit www.enlifted.me. Make sure to let them know you heard about them on Pirate Living Podcast. To upgrade your communication and create magic with your words, visit www.procabulary.org and use code PirateLiving50 for $50 off. And until next time, keep creating good trouble.